Well, hey guys, welcome back to the Norton Young Adult Podcast. This week, Ethan and I are continuing our conversation on what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus through silence, solitude, and Sabbath. Sweet. Well, Ethan, we're back, kind of continuing on our conversation from last week. We were talking about slowing down this concept of, uh, you know, in the midst of a crazy go get them attitude sort of world, like we need to kind of slow down and, and pump the brakes a little bit in our own personal lives so that we can be more invested in, in the moment. It's one of the things we were talking about yeah. and what Christ has for us right now. And so this week we're talking about uh, kind of a continuation of that idea. Um, yeah. So if you kind of want to set the stage a little bit for where we're headed, a little bit of a roadmap. Very much so, yeah. So we're uh, kind of going through a, a series, I don't know, a little mm-hmm. string of talks that we're talking through kind of apprenticeship to Jesus. Yeah. Right? This is all based kind of on the workshop that I was given. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of helps set the stage for it. Right. Um, last week, exactly what you said, slowing down. If, if slowing down was last week, like the need for slowing down, right. uh, presenting that, um, Maybe given some tips and tricks. This, these would be maybe the spiritual disciplines or the mm-hmm. the habits, the rhythms uh, that we would fight against it. Mm-hmm. So, like silence, solitude, and Sabbath. Yeah. Let's jump into maybe silence and solitude first, and then we'll kind of categorize Sabbath right. on its own little platform. Okay. Okay, I'm down. So Richard Foster says something kind of interesting about silence and solitude. He says this: the fear of being left alone petrifies people. Mm-hmm. Fear of being alone drives us to noise and crowds. We can cultivate an inner solitude and silence that sets us free from loneliness and fear. Loneliness is inner emptiness. And then he says this, solitude is inner fulfillment. Hmm. Right? In a year like 2020 that we just had, (laughs) 2021, uh, people are still quarantining and different things like that. It's kind of this weird, if you got to go into quarantine, you're like, all right, I'm out for two weeks. Life just stops for two weeks. And then I come back on the scene ready to go. It's it's a really weird time that we're living in. Yeah. And uh, I think that perpetuates like loneliness big mm-hmm. time. And we've kind of talked about that on this podcast before. Right. Uh, but loneliness is this inner emptiness where solitude, I love how Foster says that, mm. is this inner fulfillment. Solitude's getting away uh, to disconnect from everything to reconnect with God. Mm. And uh, Ooh, Say that again. It's Yeah, yeah. Uh, solitude again. is getting away to disconnect from everything to reconnect with God. So you're disconnecting to reconnect. You're disconnect Exactly. It's a weird paradox. Yes. You said that and I was like, oh, write that down. If you have a pen and you're not driving, <laughs> write that down. Disconnect to reconnect. That's yeah. great. Yeah, Jesus, I mean, you see it all throughout the scriptures. One example is Luke 5. Uh, it says Jesus often withdrew to lonely mm-hmm. places and prayed. And I, I actually really don't like that word mm-hmm. lonely there because of what we were just talking about, right? Loneliness yeah. is this inner emptiness. But when you look at the Greek, as uh, some scholars might say, Mm. um, the Greek would translate that to this kind of desolate, deserted, uh, desert, solitary wilderness. Wilderness probably is the most common. Some translate it as isolated, lonely. My personal favorite Mm. is the quiet. Mm. Um, So if we read it differently, but Jesus often, that's fascinating, withdrew to quiet places and prayed. I like that, like the quiet place. What's your quiet place? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I think about noise in general. Right. And I was doing this fascinating study, uh, for this workshop and I was looking at some of the things that, uh, the quietest places on earth. Hmm. And, uh, there's this, 
I'm going to mispronounce it. Anoekic? Anoekic? Something like that. NASA's chamber where they send guys, send gals, if they're going to be astronauts. Yeah. They send them there because it's the quietest place Mm -hmm. on the planet. Okay. Anoekic. I think it's something like that. Yeah. I'm looking at the word. It it looks like that. But it's a chamber that they put people in because when you go to space, unlike Star Wars, where there's lots of noise and blasters and and all this fun stuff. John Williams' score is blaring. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's all awesome. Yeah. Space is not actually like that. It's like silent space. You wouldn't be able to hear a whole lot. And so it can drive uh, astronauts like mentally crazy yeah. like they have severe mm-hmm. effects of that so they go into these practicing uh, moments so this chamber uh is almost zero decibels almost huh. and in a quote uh, that i found in an article about this chamber it says this it's so fascinating it's kind of eerie it says if you stand in it for long enough you start to hear your heartbeat a ringing in your ears becomes deafening when you move this part, oh, your bones make a grinding noise. Uh. Eventually, you lose your balance because the absolute lack of reverberation sabotages your spatial awareness. So they talk about this, and it's like this deafening silence. Doesn't that sound oh, terrible? Dude, that sounds hor- that's like something like a torture chamber. That's not a that's not an that's not like a auditoria chamber. That's a torture chamber. Yes, right there. I was looking. <laughs> I'm like, man, how long have people stayed in this thing? And the average person stays in there for roughly 30 minutes if you're pretty good at it. Damn. Uh, now. They've had people go in there just on a whim, mm-hmm. and they can literally only handle it for a few seconds, and then they're like, I have to get out of here because we're so used to yeah. this noise. Uh, we always got something in our ears. We always got background noise around us, and we're so used to it that silence is so hard to us. Mm. I did hear that a guy was in there for like 55 minutes and has like severe um, effects of that. Wow. Because of being in that deafening so like clinically insane now. <laughs> I, I don't know about clinically insane, but has severe like, mm. uh, mental effects from that because right. we're somehow just so used to noise. Right. Mm. And I think we've kind of forgotten how to be present to the moment, uh, because we're all so hurried up and, and Jesus somehow made it, um, a priority for him to get away. He would often withdraw Mm -hmm. to the quiet places. Right. And so here's some maybe just general observations. When I think about a quiet place um, or my quiet place, um, this is what I think of. It's intentional. It's not this reactive thing. So it's not me after a long day. I'm like, oh, man, I just need to relax, get Mm. the Netflix out and just sit and quiet for a little bit. It's, it's more intentional than that. It's probably Mm -hmm. at the start of my day going, okay, I want to start with quiet or maybe at the end of my day going, okay, I'm going to start tomorrow's day Mm -hmm. in quiet. Yeah. It's habit. Like it's a rhythm of, it's a lifestyle. It's not this one time thing. I think it's fascinating. In Matthew four, Jesus gets away right before he gets tempted by G or by, uh, by Satan, by Satan. Yeah. 
right? He gets away, and oftentimes we think of the that. I, I, at least I do. When I think of Jesus getting away, and then he goes in to be tempted by Satan, I'm like, oh, poor Jesus. He just barely made it out of that mm-hmm. one. Like, that could have been really bad if yeah. he would have started with Satan going, all right, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, fine, I'll just do it. And, and you're like, man, he fasted for 40 days. He kind of right. went into this desert for a little bit. And it was like, oh, man, I don't know how he made it out of that. Well, mm. a lot of times I think of this weakness where the quiet place, it seemed like for Jesus, was a place of strength. Mm. It seemed like a place where he had clarity. Because right after that, he then claimed and called mm. his first disciples. He began preaching for the first time. It's a place of rest where he chooses after... Um, in, in Mark six, where he feeds the 5,000 people, mm-hmm. Jesus then chooses to go to the quiet place, yeah. uh, rather than sleeping. Like he had an exhausting day. If you read in Mark six, he's like, I'd rather disconnect to reconnect mm-hmm. to God than actual literal sleep. So it's, it's kind of this place of healing emotionally hurting. Yeah. You can kind of bring that in this hope. You're, I think we said this last time, maybe not, but your life is a lot like Velcro. Mm-hmm. There's things that just kind of stick to it, junk that sticks to it, that in the quiet place, it starts to bring some of that out. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. That's fascinating. So do you, um, you know, I might be jumping the gun a little bit. Do you, do you yourself have a quiet place that like, you know, maybe give like a good example. I mean, it's not like a one for one, like Ethan's quiet place is the one that like, that's how you do it. Yeah. It's like, it's not like, you know, I'd say I have one, but I wouldn't say like, that's like the best thing for every person. And what what would you describe as like your quiet place? What were like some of the criteria even that you're like, I need this in order to have a quiet place? Well, one, I need quiet, I think is, is a very fair uh, answer to that. I feel that. Um, I think we said this is slowing down your body to slow down your life. That's mm-hmm. kind of what we were talking about last week or last podcast episode. And and when I think about my quiet place, mm-hmm. um, I would encourage you to create one uh, yeah. either way. So mine is a closet um, that has a desk in it and a little desk chair. <laughs> and I get up early, oh, dark hundred, turn yeah. on my little lamp, uh, and just read, be quiet, sit in the moment, yeah. kind of uh, just re- go, okay, before I start my day, I just want to be with Jesus. And so yeah. um, that's one of my quiet places. I think another one of mine is my chair. Uh, so mm-hmm. sometimes you'll you'll find me in the early morning with a cup of coffee, my French press yeah. usually, and I get coffee from Vietnam. And Ooh, so it's like this amazing coffee man over here. Uh, <laughs> it's like... It feels like hot chocolate. It's like that <laughs> thick and rich and so good. I want it. And oh, I'm gonna have to bring some in no, for you. No, honestly, Garrett. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> we're, we're sitting. What do we know? What coffee this is? This is uh, it's actually really cool. Uh, this they're not a sponsor of our podcast. They're this not. is uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company. It's actually really cool. Um, they're a uh, it's a coffee company down somewhere in the south, and it's all completely made in like you know all the employees are all veterans, all U.S. Uh, military veterans, wow. and so. I think all proceeds or like, you know, a huge portion of proceeds like go to like different, like, you know, wounded warriors project, different things like for veterans. So it's pretty cool. It's really just made a plug for somebody. I did. Well, I I love it. It's actually, it's coffee my parents get, and then they had a bunch of extra. 
so I brought it into the office. And it's uh, really, it, I mean, it's genuinely good coffee. It so. is very good. If you're looking for good coffee, Black Rifle Coffee Company. This Black is not Rifle. a sponsor. But if they want to sponsor us, please do. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> my quiet place. We'll go back to we'll that. We'll go back to second. quiet places. Um, so coffee's there. My co- Usually. Usually I, yes. I love coffee. I love tea. Um Whatever kind of beverage is like, man, this is this yeah. is my time with Jesus. I got my coffee. <laughs> um, so you'll find me in my chair. It's not uncommon with that, reading a book or whatever, yeah. being in the moment. Uh, sometimes just sitting in quiet. I think we mm-hmm. talked about that. Um, and then lastly, I would say get connected to nature when it comes mm-hmm. to the quiet place. Like um, you can have multiple. I would highly recommend there's value in creating a space that's your own, yep. that's uh, intentional, that you go to on a regular basis. But I would highly recommend, too, uh, when I say that, is have a couple. Uh, so, like, yeah. I like to go on walks down the street from my house. We have a little trail. Right. Um, the towpath. The yeah. towpath trail. So yep. It's it's usually occupied by a lot of people, but it's yep. uh, some some mornings I'll go out there, some mm-hmm. evenings, um, and it's just good to get away and be connected even with nature. Definitely. What about you, Garrett? Is there a quiet place for you? Yeah, honestly, like for me, it is. I'd say I have I have three as well. I have yeah. my my bedroom. I have a desk and a nice little spot for me, um, and I love it. I have to be in a place with natural light. Mm. The only place that does not have natural light is like my uh, uh, quote unquote home studio. I still for for those of you who don't know, at the moment, I'm still at home with my parents, which is great. I love it. Yeah. And um, I love hanging out with them and doing stuff. But uh, we're staying in a rental in the basement. Uh, they're like, we're never down in the basement. My dad's like, you know, you have a bunch of music equipment. Just take it all downstairs. And I've been writing and doing stuff. But that's another spot I love is being down there. Um, and and it's like, you know, a little bit quieter, a little bit dark. I'll usually go down there at the end of the night. And I, I actually, a funny thing is, I because I, you know, play guitar, love music, I'll sit and I'll, um, I'll do my prayers through song. Hmm. And, and I, you know if you know somebody does music or like plays an instrument i highly encourage it like you know sit there playing music and just like singing or like you know making your prayers to music yeah. like that that's something for me i know is really refreshing and it's it's not quote unquote quiet but to me music is just a very soothing calming sort of thing that like like you talked about slowing your yourself down slowing your body down that does that for me yeah and then thirdly yeah going into nature i usually try at least once a month if not more, to take a time away. And I, I love um, our family has some property, and I'll go out there, and I have a little fire pit. I, I make a fire. I split some wood. I hang out. I make some some food, and I read a book. Yeah. And it is the best thing, especially it's when you're quiet and you don't bring any music or, like, a JBL speaker or whatever. And one of my things I love is you see God's creation wakes up. When yeah. you sit and you're quiet and you're still, you take a moment and you see, you know, the little animals start to move around. You see deer, different things, like especially if you're just able to sit and be quiet. And and it's like, for me, it's a cool way to connect with God on an intimate level, just being in his creation uh, with like free from any distraction. Yeah, the, that's so good, man. Like there yeah. is a sense of like, I hear you talk and I'm like, hearing me talk, you talk. It's like we're hippies, like, um, <laughs> we, just like slow down, man. Come on, gotta, brother. It's all good. You got to just be present hey, to the moment. chill pill, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. There's very much like that. We're, we're, um, 
I don't know. Maybe they were onto something. Maybe the monks had something yeah. going for them. I think you can take it to an extreme where you're just isolated yeah. and lonely, yep. right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll say that if you guys are curious about something, those of you guys are listening, there's this period of the church you heard of monks. Yeah. It's called the, the monastic period. Yeah. I think that's right. The monastic period. These guys, they had this heart of like they want to connect to Jesus. But at yeah. the same time, Jesus, when he finished his time, what did he do? He, yeah. he, he got back to work. He, yeah. he had time to rest. These people devoted them t- their time totally to rest. Right. And they missed the whole other side of the equation. This is we're, we're spending time focusing on this, but I, I don't want people to kind of get confused and think it's all about rest. Right. Rest is a vital, important part, um, but it's only half the equation, I think. Right. I think that's right. something good to keep in mind. But Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I love John Mark Comer's definition of solitude. Um, it's similar to that disconnect to reconnect. He says mm-hmm. this, solitude is engagement. Isolation is escapism. Hmm. So, like, solitude is intentional time of me sitting down, yeah. slowing down my body, coming to the moment, being present with God. <laughs> Maybe uh, I heard it said this week, I love kind of this picture, is it's it's me going on a date with God where we just yeah. kind of enjoy um, each other. There's no timeline on it necessarily. Yeah. I just want to be with him. And right. so solitude's kind of like that where isolation's like, oh, I'm just going to watch TV. It's this escapism behaviors. Right. Watch TV, just kind of binge my life on whatever, right? Yeah. So let's go to, uh, let's talk through Sabbath a little bit. Yeah. We'll kind of run there and then um, kind of wrap up for sure for today. But like Sabbath, it. Sabbath literally means to stop. Hmm. The purpose of Sabbath is just sitting, stopping, delighting, resting with God. So very similar to solitude and yet different. Yeah. I love, um, as, as you can go, man, if there's one passage you should know in the Bible well is maybe Genesis 1 through 3. That would be a really good one to know. Yeah. And maybe the whole book of John. Like, if you could <laughs> read those three, we would be set up yeah. way better in our generation. But Genesis sets mm. up all of life for us. In Genesis 2, 2 through 3, it says this, Nothing new. You've probably heard this before. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Mm. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done, hmm. right? God rested. Yeah. God hmm. rested. God <laughs> rested. Yeah. Like, think about God didn't need a break. He chose to rest his mm-hmm. body. Like his, I mean, I don't know if God necessarily right. has a body yeah. outside this person of Jesus, but like God Almighty Creator mm. took a break, took a Sabbath. Yeah. He was setting a pattern yeah. for human existence. Right. Well, it makes me think, I know this last weekend, um, this past Sunday, we were talking, um, I had the privilege to get to, to share and kind of, you know, set the discussion for young yeah. adults. And one of the things that fascinated me as I was preparing for that was like this concept that God isn't asking us to do something he hasn't done or yeah. isn't willing to do for that matter himself. Yeah. And I think in this instance, it's not like God is like, you know, your parent who you're, you're like, I, I don't know about you. Like I used to get mad when my parents sent me to go to like bed, you know, like go take your nap or do it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like. 
at like send me to bed early and I'm like, God, what the heck? You guys get to hang up and yeah. stay up later and stuff. And I think sometimes we can look at God that way with some things. Um, but in this instance, God, it's like, he's not asking us to do something he hasn't done and hasn't sent the example for us yeah. already. That's so true. That's so true. I think there's something to it that's like hardwired in our bodies right. too. Like, um, when you look at the French Revolution in the 1700s, uh, they decided a good idea for them was to switch to the 10-day work week. Yeah. So they were going to try and work 10 days a week. And what happened was th- their kind of thought behind it was is if we work 10 days, we'll be more productive in those 10 days, and then we'll have a better time of resting. Mm-hmm. And there's something to that seven-day thing because it completely, absolutely flopped. They became less productive. They became very hurried. They became very stressed. The whole economy just went, Hmm. and they they switched back to a seven-day. Like, we never hear of anything different now. Like, the seven-day calendar is kind of a staple because I think it's roughly around 50 to 60 hours that the human body kind of peaks at... Um, efficiency. Yeah. Right. It's not uh, 80. It's not 70. It's it's slowing down. That 40 to 60 hour range is kind of the peak mm. uh, productivity. In, in Mark 2, uh, 27, he says this, uh, Jesus says this himself. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And basically mm. all he's saying is Sabbath was a gift that I've given you. Sabbath is known as this holy day in Genesis, and literally, I think Sabbath, we can sometimes think of like this weird way. I was talking to a farmer today. Hmm. Actually, uh, I just thought of this. Uh, he, he practices Sabbath yep. so well. So on Sundays, I mean, he works insane hours. He gets up, he's at work usually by 4.15, 4.30, and works probably till 5, and that's his off-season. Hmm. And so he's doing like 4 to 7, 4 to 9. Sometimes I heard him be like, yeah, I got up at 2.30 this morning to get to work at 3. Wow. I'm like, that sounds awful. Yeah. Like, I thought I was an early bird, and I'm not like that. That's yeah. just that's just crazy. I'm but, just flat out not an early bird. Yeah, that, like, that just <laughs> sounds terrible for most yeah. young adults. But he was telling me, he's like, Sundays, man, we just disconnect. We don't do anything. Yeah. Sundays, what Sundays are for for him. And uh, it's time at church, Sunday morning usually. And then the whole farm kind of shuts down and the family hangs out Sunday afternoon. And yeah. that's what it is. And literally when we trace back to the original language of the Bible, it was holy day, hmm. which we, we get our word holiday from. Yeah. So Sabbath, all that is, is a holiday every single week that we plan. Yep. What do you do on the holidays, Garrett? I relax, man. You relax, right? Yeah. Do you hang out with your family? Yep. Yeah. You hang out with your family. Do you have a plan set and schedule? Usually not. We just kind of go with the flow. Usually (laughs) it's kind of go with the flow, be here at this time, but nothing too crazy, right? And some ho- sometimes that doesn't work because I get most – some people don't have the best of holiday situations yeah, or for sure. you're learning it. But Jesus, like his whole idea behind Sabbath was I want to give humanity a day a week mm. to just have a holiday. Yeah. Like how awesome is that? God's yeah. amazing. <laughs> like Right. And Sabbath a lot of times is um, – 
a lot of times it's like, oh man, I just finally need a break day. Mm. Like I just need that break day. So I'll just take Sunday and just binge on Netflix. And I, I'm caught doing it too. Like I get oh, yeah, that for sure. And I think God was like, you know what? I want to give you the seventh day. Yeah. To rest, mm. but to prep for the next week. Cause mm-hmm. there's a whole nother week coming. Yeah. So what would it look like, uh, for a Sabbath for me? I try and slow down. I'm not great at Sabbath uh, by any means. I'm not a guru uh, mm. on the Sabbath, but it's just enjoying ordinary life. It's yeah. enjoying that cup of tea, doing that afternoon walk, reading a book, laughing with the family, playing yeah. a board game, like just being present to the moment, right? enjoying that holiday, yeah. so to speak. Any thoughts that you have kind of on the Sabbath? Yeah, there, it, it's, it's funny. I used to think, you know, we, we often... Um, contribute uh or or associate sabbath with a sunday yeah and i used to always think and and this was this kind of came to a head for me when you know i mean you and i work for the church at a church so i don't know about you i know for myself sundays are the busiest day out of the week (laughs) by far i i i'm up you know between five and five thirty and then i don't hit the hay until about 11 o'clock on sundays right Right. and so i I remember i was kind of like but isn't that supposed to be a day of rest and then (laughs) somebody came to me like it doesn't have to be on a sunday that's just what our culture has made it out to because and it's a good thing like it like gets you an idea of it but my my sabbaths are on tuesdays yeah tuesday's the one day off that i have where i don't have school work and i don't have work work or things like that to where i can sit and relax and so i encourage like if you're listening to this and it's like my my Sundays are also crazy. I actually yep. work on Sundays, and I only get to a little bit of time at you know the end of the day. But then I'm going to services, five thirty service, and then I go to young adults. It's like just find a day. Honestly, work hard to carve out an entire day because sometimes we're like, oh well, if I have something at night, you know, like a little bit of like a job or whatever. Like no, do your darndest yeah. to carve out an entire day. I remember the first week that I had that, it was fantastic. I woke up. You know, I didn't set my alarm for it. Tuesdays, I don't have an alarm set. Mm-hmm. I wake up whenever the sun wakes me up. Yep. And and I, I go throughout my day and I enjoy it. And I, yeah, I read. I do things, that, you know, that I enjoy. And, I'm, and, like, I just enjoy life and what God has in front of me. Yeah. Instead of, you know, having my mind racing about, oh, my next meeting or my paper I need to finish or whatever it is. And so it's like, don't feel like it needs to be any particular day. You just need a day. Yeah. You know? And so, heck, maybe it's Tuesday. You know, if you're the Tuesday club with Garrett, let's do it. <laughs> like, you know, we'll, we'll make a little fan club for yeah. Tuesdays. But I, I think that's something important is just making sure you have a day. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be any, like, some people are like, yeah, it has to be a Sunday. It's like, oh, well, if it is, that's perfect. That's great. But um, I'd say, yeah, make, make it uh, a top priority. We need this time. Yeah. We really, really need the time. I got maybe two thoughts and then a verse. But as you're yeah. talking, I'm like, uh, two things I think of is how do I want to say it? Um, carve out the day and it's not the same as a day off. Yeah. Like it's different than a day off. Right. Um, a day off, I still do some work. Um, a day off, I might go out and, uh, do run some errands and do some different things like that. I sound like an old person running errands. <laughs> Got to go to the bank and yep. pick up some stuff from the grocery store and whatever. Yep. But it's it's just a day where I relax. Like, I think of it like this. If I had 12 hours mm-hmm. or so that I could have a realistic day planned mm-hmm. that's fun. Yeah. Like a realistically fun day. Yeah. In, in the sense of 
Um, what's the perfect day for you? Okay. Mine would be going out and seeing whales. I can't do that, obviously. I know people make fun of me for it, but I'm oh, like... you and your whales. I love whales. So, well, what what am I going to do on my Sabbath? I might... You might find me watching a whale documentary. Yeah, yeah. But I might not be able to go out and see whales for my Sabbath. Yeah. That might be a vacation. But a Sabbath is just like, what's the ideal day for you? Maybe it's yeah. an afternoon nap, that cup of tea in the afternoon, or... That morning where you just sleep in, right? Yeah. You just enjoy yeah. sleeping in. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think with that quick final thought, yeah, it's there's a difference between emptying and filling. The Sabbath is meant to be filling, and sometimes we think yeah. rest. Okay, I need to empty. I need to like let some weights off, um, which yeah. is true. I think there's an aspect of that, but um, be be cautious and weary of what you're you're filling yourself with. Yeah. And if you're just like some people think, I just need to clear my mind. I'm like, that's actually scary. I think fill your mind yeah. with things that are good, things that are pleasing and and helpful. Um, and so that's where it's like, yeah, like if you're watching a, a documentary, do something that fills you. Maybe it's like you know, like not the most prevalent knowledge, like weight. Yeah, but it's something that fills. Hey, I'm just I'm just saying, <laughs> but like something that fills you with joy, yeah, or something that fills you with a sense of peace. Yeah, like some people might laugh. You're watching Lord of the Rings, Garrett. Well, I mean, it probably doesn't add any like particularly great knowledge, but it fills me with a sense of joy and yeah. peace because it's something that makes me happy. Um, and so yeah, I'd say be careful because it's not a time to empty. It's a yeah. time to fill yourself so yeah. that you go in on a full tank. So I love that. Yeah. I I love I. I th- we might have ended th- with this last time, but I think this is so good. Yeah. I've not thought about it in this light, but First Thessalonians, Paul's writing this in uh, chapter 4, verse 11. He says this, make it your ambition. Hmm. Make it your goal. Make it the dream to lead a really, really busy life. Hmm. Nope. Lead a really successful life. Nope. Hmm. What he says is to lead a quiet life. Yeah. That you should mind your own business. Work with your hands, just as we were t- we told you to do, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, yeah. and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. I think that's so wow. cool. I'm like, what? Live a quiet life, and you you think about that. Jesus himself yeah. lived a pretty quiet life. Like it was quiet, quiet, quiet for about thirty years. Then he had. Three years where it was like, oh, there's a little bit of action, and then boom, he's dead. Yeah. And it's like, you look at the story of Jesus, and it's just so crazy to me. He, Most of his life was quiet. Paul's right. life would have been quiet. And the only reason they're big deals is because they're they're anchors for our faith, right? Yeah. Jesus absolutely changed everything, no doubt. I'm yeah. with you there. But, like, the average world, right, doesn't think about Jesus every day. Hmm. Like, he lived a quiet life that radically transformed the world. Yeah. And I think following Jesus looks like this calm, simple, relaxed rebellion against against our culture. Right? Like, yeah. I almost said coffee. But <laughs> a, sm- a calm, simple, relaxed rebellion against our culture to move us into the way of Jesus. It's not fighting. It's just this relaxed living of Jesus. Yeah. I love it. Ethan, any final closing thoughts, uh, remarks as we as we close out? Make it your goal this week to live a quiet life. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I love it. Thanks for you guys checking this out. We'll be back not next week, but the week after that with another episode of the podcast and continue this conversation on being an apprentice of Jesus. So I'll catch you guys then.